another episode of Failing Forward. As always, I'm your host, Steve Hofsetter. And if you enjoy the podcast, please like, comment, subscribe, review, do all the things that help share the art that you enjoy with other people. And today my guest is someone who probably knows me better than most people. Because even though I've had friends for longer, you have you've been with me often on the road for the last couple of years. Right, yeah. We've like lived together basically. So <laughs> Yeah. That. Uh through a lot of ups and downs and also, you know, the recent iteration of me. Everybody kinda goes through various iterations throughout sure. our lives. Sure, unless sure. it's very sad and you never change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's real sad. I'm actually thinking about a couple of people like that right now. Um, I'm glad I got I'm glad, glad I got the now version though, because Oh, the older version yeah. was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the best version. <laughs> so far. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, yeah. the version in, in a couple of years will be better than this one. But Yeah, and I'll still be around for that one, I hope. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, Anyway, Brett Druck is the guest. Uh, Brett is a comedian. He tours with me a ton. Um, we met in a very bizarre way. Yeah. Because the first time we actually met in person was on the New York City subway. Right, after you had moved to L.A. Yeah. I had already left New York. We knew who the other one was. Um, you had applied for the Martin Grant, the scholarship that I run. Had I already applied for it? Yeah, I believe you had already applied for okay. it. Okay. And you, uh, yeah, and then it, we were just on the train on the way to a comedy club, and you were like, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> I know you from memes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I know you from being a six foot four redheaded dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes it You're easier. very easy to pick out. Exactly. Uh, no, and I knew you from your, from your YouTube. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember we talked about how like there can be people who aren't comics who are actually pretty funny and they're easy to talk to. And then there could be people who aren't comics who are actually hacks. Yeah. And they're really hard to talk to. Yes. Yeah, hacks. Like whether, regular, yeah. Yeah, whether you're a comedian or not a comedian, you can still be a hack. You could absolutely be a hack. Like uh, somebody trying to drink the water with the cap on? Well, that's not a hack. That's just a, that's just a, that's a rookie on, mistake. If I did it on purpose, maybe. Yeah, if you if you did it on purpose, just physical, the physical comedy on the show is already, especially for those just listening and not watching, just the listening gag of you trying to drink a water. <laughs> it's, it's, it is very weird when like comedians who have just audio albums who are like, physical comics oh yeah i always think that's funny it's like it's probably just like sneakers squeaking <laughs> <laughs> people laughing yeah you just hear a bunch or there's just a long pause where the guy's making a face right and you're just like what is this i don't know what this is <laughs> all right so your failure story i know part of it okay but i don't know the whole thing and so i want you to take us through this and I'll, we'll also you know we'll throw some credits out there too uh, you know, Brett, in addition to opening for me, which is, you know, a, a huge credit. You should have started, you know, lower first. Right, right. Yeah, it's, so it, work your way up to it, the best credit. Exactly. Too, just too much of an accolade to to be doing, you know, 15 to 20 minutes for <laughs> meal money, you know. Um, <laughs> so uh, Brett was uh, – so your regular cast member on Laughs. Mm -hmm. uh, you were on how many episodes? A dozen episodes? I was on 12 episodes and I guest hosted an episode. Yeah, so your comedy was, and and part of I think the reason you were on so many episodes is, your act is very, like, you can break up your act. Your act is perfect for a social media age. Sure. Where yeah. you can have, you know, your act builds, but at the same time, most of your jokes can stand individually. Mm. Which thank you. You're welcome. And one of the reasons why I like you as an opener is because I mean, like, just comedy wise, aside from the fact that you know we get along, but is because your stuff is easy to pay attention to. Mm. 
Like there are comics who, if the audience isn't with them, good luck to you. Right, right, right. But right. you're someone who can get and who can turn a shitty crowd into a real crowd right. because your stuff is short, pithy. There's not many wasted words. And so you can get people's attention. So and then that's... I can immediately turn them back into a shitty crowd. Absolutely. Because my jokes, jokes are just so short. <laughs> right. And then they're just like, what is this? It's too short. I don't like this. And then they leave. So, um, but yeah, so you're on a dozen episodes of Laughs. You're in Rolling Stone. Um, you, you've done a bunch of stuff. And you will be mostly known for a meme of one of your jokes that went crazy viral. Yeah. Your chivalry joke. Right. Went so crazy viral. And I've seen this happen so many times because- you used to wear glasses on stage, which you don't anymore. Um, and so you used to look a little different. It was a very mm-hmm. Clark Kent Superman thing. Sure. Yeah, you're Superman these days, but you started Clark Kent. Yeah. I like, went the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if Clark Kent, like when he took off his glasses, was just, um, he had no superpowers, mm-hmm. then it's like that. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. It's like Clark Kent and also Clark Kent. Yeah. So it's like Clark Kent and Fuzzy Vision Clark Kent. <laughs> so, but I've seen people come up to you at shows and saying things like, oh, you know, I thought you stole that joke. Right. Or, hey, I've seen that joke before. And you have to be like, yeah, I was the one that did it. Like, I've yeah, seen yeah, you get no. accused of stealing from yourself Yeah, so people many have straight times. up said, like, you, you stole that joke from Reddit. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. I put that joke on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, like, look at the person who yeah. told the joke. And I get why, because I do look pretty different. But, um... Uh, so now I have to include all this extra stuff about how I put the joke online. Yeah, and it went viral. So to avoid that, because I can, if I do the joke early enough in a set, like I don't want them thinking I'm a joke thief for the whole set. Right. <laughs> so I have to just like dissuade that. Yeah, you have to like have a joke. You have to have an intro designed to talk about how you didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, this is mine. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. mine. Damn it. The uh, I've gotten that with the airport revenge story with the right. the dog shitting in LAX. Well, because it's been like, stolen from you so many times now. At least mine has my face on it, but they could just copy your text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My like my original and the original post was just text. I just posted it to right. Reddit, and then I ended up telling it as you know as part of my standup. But I've had people post and link to the story on Reddit on my video on YouTube and be like, "This is stolen from this," and I just reply <laughs> and I go, "You might want to look at the username of the person who posted it because the username is the Hofstetter." Which is me. That's not just a huge fan account that's existed for 12 years. Like, that's me. Yeah. So, anyway, okay. You're, we're well off topic. You guys, right. you, you guys all get it. You know who Brad yes. is. Uh, Opening up for Steve is the best credit I have. Yes. Okay. It's the best thing you've ever done. With career-wise, with your life, Absolutely. everything. Emotionally. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, to, to, let's, let's start. Tell, okay. Set the so, stage. 2012. Uh America's Got Talent has a YouTube competition where uh, they're going to pick twelve, or uh, they have a YouTube top twenty, and I think twelve of those people, or maybe six of those people, are going to get to perform on the show. So, how long have you been doing stand up at the time? Two thousand twelve. I've probably been doing stand up for four or five years. Okay, so this is that's early for a comedian. Sure. Yeah. For those who who don't know, no one who has been doing stand up for four years has any business. Being in a televised, like, best comedian in the world competition. Yeah, but when you are at that point, you don't think that. You're Absolutely just like, you I'm so funny. Finally, you're, I get an opportunity. You're like, I'm a veteran. Look at these young kids doing it three years. I've been doing it four. These kids don't know anything. I mean, I went through that. I've told my last comic story on this podcast, and I was doing stand-up for, like, two, three years at the time. Right. So, okay. So, they have a competition where you submit via YouTube. Yeah. 
and I put a clip in, and I'm like one of 10,000 submissions that's chosen for the top 20. So 10,000 submissions, and who chooses those? Just I guess the producers. I don't know. So the producers look through 10,000 submissions. Yeah. What a day that must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I just <laughs> okay. So the interns for the producers. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's probably look what through really 10,000 submissions. And as someone who has looked through submissions of people way less crazy than that, right? it is a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Like, I was at a live audition for America's Got Talent once, and I just, it was at uh, the Nashville Convention Center, and I just, uh, or Memphis, or wh- wherever it was, it was, you know, somewhere somewhere in the middle of somewhere, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, it was in a convention center, and so I sat down, at, there was like this empty info booth, and that's where the only seats were. Everybody was like sitting along walls. So I sat down at the info booth. And so then people kept coming up asking me questions. So I got to interact with everyone and they were so crazy. Oh yeah. It was yeah, so yeah. many of the people auditioning and like people would come up and not even ask me questions. Some of them would just come up to tell me their life story. And I'm like, if you think I work at the info booth for the convention center, why what are you why are you talking to me right now? What is this? <laughs> I think it was Memphis actually, thinking about it now. But um yeah, I, I never realized that because last comic was in Nashville. Wow, why am I auditioning in Tennessee for these things? <laughs> so you're just such a Midwest guy. It was yeah, exactly. Just a Midwest South kinda the north of yeah, the south. Yeah. It's the northern part of the south. Oh, yeah, I guess that's more south, right? Yeah. It's still the northern part of the south. Yeah. It's weird. It's not where you're from or no, where you live. It's certainly not. <laughs> or yeah, or where I fit in. Yeah. So okay. So you submit so you submit your YouTube video. Yeah. So they're gonna I think it was twelve. They're picking twelve of them uh, to go on the show. Um, people start voting on them. I look at the other videos. A lot of them have really negative comments. Mine's one of the only ones with positive comments. So I'm like, okay, this is looking good. Yeah. Um, and then um, I get bracelets made because I'm like, I'm gonna be on TV. So and you so, get so you get like merch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some people are like, oh, well, you gotta you know you gotta profit off of it. Yeah, you can't just casually drop. I get bracelets made. Everyone oh, listening yeah. is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but so, I didn't really know what to put on them. So wait, so you were a you were currently like what kind of venues were you performing at at the time? Um, let's see, 2012. I'm probably doing um, uh, an occasional club spot and bar shows and some open mics. So okay, so you're still doing open mics, but the but the philosophy is you're going to get on TV, right. which is going to propel you to the next step where right. you're going to be featuring and headlining. Right. And, you know, if you go far, you're going to be headlining. If you do anything good at all, you'll at least be featuring. Right. And you need to have merchandise to sell after shows to bump your income. Yes. So that's, okay, that's, that's where we I'm are. That's what I'm told. But I don't, I just, and people are like, that's what you got to do. What idiot told you that? Um, Like a, a local headliner who's, you know, a local headliner. Okay, fair enough. So, um, because that makes sense once you get on the show. But there's right. such a lag time between... Even finding out you're on the show, like Ryan Niemiller just finished third, right. and I think he found out he got on the show like seven months before he finished third, something like right, that. Right, right, right. So you have you have the two weeks it takes to make merch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you definitely have time. So I do that. They don't. They don't choose me. Um, and uh, I think on the show they talk. Uh, the YouTube uh, acts are not good, and and like the judges say some like snarky stuff about like. Somebody has, somebody's who's somebody's idea to have a YouTube episode, huh? Like, <laughs> so wait, so did you? So, so that's 2012. Okay, so that's 2012. So you get, 
So they don't put YouTube acts on the show they at put, all? Or? They put uh, 20 on their YouTube Top 20. They put 12. They picked 12 of those and Top 20. And you weren't 20. one of the 12? I was not one of the 12. You weren't one of the 12, even though you were one of the only ones getting good comments. Yeah. So probably that was to generate interest for the show as well as to give them something to make fun of a la American Idol. And uh, yes. And, and. Oh, TV is sucks. That is the TV video. Sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst. It gets worse. Um. That is the video where somebody writes, is he Jews on uh, my video. Oh, which became part of your act. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm like, I've been asked if I'm Jewish before. Nobody's ever asked me if I'm multiple Jews. I just love, I love that. (laughs) That someone's home watching YouTube or somewhere else, maybe on their phone. Well, it's 2012, probably on a computer. Right. And they're just like, first of all, they need to know if you're Jewish. Right. But they also don't know how to ask, let alone that being completely inappropriate. (laughs) <laughs> to begin yeah. with well you know I like to think it was coming from a good place where he's like this guy's too funny there's no way there's just one Jew in there let me ask <laughs> yeah and then yeah. he just tries to yeah. it's like that guy's two Jews in a trench coat for sure <laughs> um, yeah so I don't get on so I uh, the e- the producer who t- told me I was going to be in the YouTube top 20 emailed me she's like hey um, come to the live audition next year I'll make sure you can like skip the line okay so I'm like, that's okay, great okay great uh, so I email her next year when the auditions are. Um, she goes, great, come. Uh, let them know you're with me, and uh, you'll skip the line. Um, I tell them. Nobody cares. They put me in the line. I wait for six hours. <laughs> I don't what? get to skip the line at all. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Don't just gloss over this. So you show up, drop that producer's name. Yep. And they're like, oh, just go to that line. And I'm like, okay. So then I wait on that line, and then... So that line, and like, I, you don't see it's like a maze. You don't see where the line is ending. I don't know if there's ten people in this line. I don't know if there's three hundred people in this line. I, it's all around walls and stuff like so that. It's, like I've seen comedy clubs where they sell eighty percent of the room is VIP, right? You know, and they're just like, right. like, oh, oh, you, you just get into the the VIP right. line, and then it's just the same thing as just waiting, right? That was a lesson in being a little bit more aggressive because I just then waited on the line for six hours, uh, like, and there was nobody to, else to talk to, but I just trusted the first person. Like, I should have been more pushy and like found somebody and be like, "Hey, I'm supposed to skip the line," but I was right. just like, "Oh, I, I'll just be. I don't want to be, you know, right? You, know, you don't want to be. That's a really that's that's something I want to talk about for a second. One, and, and I keep interrupting your story, but it's no, you it's know, okay. it's it's Sucks. fun." It's fun to do. It's a, no, not a good story. It's a wonderful story. <laughs> it's I know where it's going, and it's fun. So, but I don't know how it's going to get there. But I want to talk for a second about that, about the idea of there's a balance. Because on one hand, there's that phrase, a squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. But also, sometimes it gets replaced. Ooh, I like that. And so, thank you. And so, because all the time, like, I'll get emails from comedians asking me to open for me or for a recommendation or something. Right. You know, and I'll say, oh, sorry, you know, no can do, it's booked. And then I'll get another email like two weeks later, like double checking. I'll be like, hey man, I already said, like now you're making me be a dick. You know, like I politely answered and now I have to put my foot down. Right. And the reaction nine times out of 10 is always like, well, how to ask? And it's like, but but no, you didn't. You had to listen, you had to, you know, you had to accept the answer. And so on one hand, you're absolutely right that sometimes you have to put your foot down. You've seen me deal with hotels. <laughs> you, you, sometimes you have to put your foot down yeah. and not take, you know, bad service or bad response or whatever it is. Right. But also, you can't be too pushy. That can cost you. Yeah. So you got to know. I, I learned to know when to be pushy. Okay. Uh, and I'm still learning on it. I'm still um, 
uh, bad about being the squeaky wheel when I should be. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it, I, I now know like my limits. I'm like, okay, after three hours now I would ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to wait the three hours. Yeah. I definitely in that situation, if I was given the producer's contact info and told that I would have found someone and showed them the email. Right. And, um, but there was no one else to find. I mean, I, I would have had to get out of line to go find somebody. Right. And, uh, you know, it was mostly just like interns and like, uh, very low level people around. And so, right. uh, they, they just didn't know what was going on. Right. Um, so I, to, I, but yeah, I, I should, I, next time I go, okay, I don't care if I lose my spot in line, right. I'm going to, I'm going to skip this line. I've had, I've had situations like that and, and it is an important balance. We were actually talking about this, uh, completely unrelated earlier today. The idea of knowing when you have to say, no, I don't need this. Right. Having the ability to do that makes it a lot easier to be like, if I get out of line and I lose my spot in line and I don't skip the line, I don't want to be here. Right. But I, you, but at that time I'm like I want to be here. <laughs> right, right, right. But there's also but there's also an element of it even even before I I I say it all the time. I like the phrase principles are expensive. Mm. But you have to treat your if you don't treat yourself the way you deserve to be treated, no one else will. Right. But you also have to be aware of how you deserve to be treated. Yeah. And you can't be delusional about where your level is. Right. Like there is um uh, there was once where I got called into audition for a commercial and I get there and it's just a sea of people and I was called for it. I didn't ask to audition and I'm sitting there and I recognize a couple comics and I'm talking to them and then there's someone else there that's like a friend of one of the comics and I was like, oh, are you an actor? You're not a comic. Are you an actor? He was like, no. I was like, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, you know, I saw a flyer for this in my break room. It's like, you What? What do you do? And he was like a file clerk. And I was like, what do you do? Why are people, I should not be here. And I realized I was like, they reached out to me because they reached out to everyone. Right. And it went from feeling like, okay, they're considering me. I do have to, I do have to have some competition to, they have no idea what they want. They're going to see a thousand people and I'm not buying a lottery ticket today. Right. I'm in no mood to buy a lottery ticket. And so that's one where I just, you know, I left, I texted the person who asked me to come in and I said, I didn't realize it was an open call. You know, thanks so much for your interest, but I got to go. And he was like, oh, well, I just, I saw a flyer in my break room. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wasn't even <laughs> the casting that, yeah, director. Yeah. Yeah. He was just <laughs> like, let yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just get this job if you get this job. So um, anyway, we're going to take a short break. Speaking okay. of break rooms, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back to your America's Got Talent story, which involves Heidi Klum. I know that part of it. Yeah. So uh, come back after the break. Support the people who support us. All right. Welcome back to Failing Forward. I'm joined here by the very funny Mr. Brett Druck. Hello. Hello. And, oh, I thought you were saying to me. Oh, hello. Oh, hello to everybody. Hello. And also me. Thank okay. You. Yes. So uh, we're talking about America's Got Talent. So you're waiting in line for six hello. hours. Hello. <laughs> Bring us back to where you were, <laughs> just saying hi to everybody in line. Uh, okay, so um, I get, get to the front of the line, and um, the it's like an audition where I'm like, I think I, I don't. Oh no, I didn't even get to audition. Like they were like, oh, you have to come back tomorrow, and I'm like, what? So I email the producer again when I get home. I don't have a smartphone at this point, yeah, or at least not. I can't email. And I'm like, hey, this is what happened. And she was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Come to this building this time tomorrow. I will. I promise you, you will be in and out. So then I do. I get past the line. I go straight into her. Um, I audition. 
she's like, you're funny. She's like, you're cute. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. All right. You're like, I don't care if I'm funny anymore. <laughs> um, and then she goes, okay, uh, I'm going to pass you on to the next producer round. So then uh, I get to another quick audition. I go, I have uh, another producer round. Um, uh, they like me. And then they sent me to the executive producer round. But I did they tell you you were cute or they didn't? They didn't tell I was cute. So now I'm just like, I'm insecure. I'm like, am right, I cute yeah. or am I not? Am I funny? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, it's still, I'm confused. There's no real, it's it's very confusing. There's not, they're not clear as to what's happening. They're just like, stick around. There's one more thing we need you to do. Yeah. Okay. So now, now I know that these are executive producers. Um, I, I go in, um, uh, I start, I have a joke about how, um, uh, uh, just, I, I'm I'm on a date and I um and I uh we're watching a movie right in the middle of the movie I, I fart but it's just it's not regular fart fart that goes up in tone like a question and I hear one of the ex- executive producers like groan and then take a sip of water and then I get to the punchline which is uh and then you know I wasn't sure if she heard it or not and then she leaned over she's like I don't know and then he spits out water. Oh, that's great. And then I riff on like, are you okay? Can I continue? You know, does this count towards my 90 seconds and stuff like that? And so I get them really rolling. And uh, so they really like me. And then they're like, okay, we'll let you know if we're going to do anything else. Um, But we have all your contact info. Go go ahead. So then like two weeks later, I get an email that says, okay, you're going to now audition in front of the celebrity judges at Hammerstein Ballroom in front of 2,000 people. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. so that's really cool. Um, and you're like, can you make sure that they all drink water as well? <laughs> yeah. So uh, they, I, I wait, they, they shoot some B-roll with me. They ask me about my family and why I want to do stand-up and stuff like that. And I'm pretty like reserved. I'm not like, well, it just means so much to my mom, which is what you should do if you ever audition for America's Got Talent. That's like yeah. what they want. Um, I'm just like, yeah, this is, I hope this goes well. I, you know, I'd love to be a professional comedian and, and I'm sorry to get personal on this one, but was your mom sick at the time? Yeah. My mom has been sick my whole life. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, you had the story that they want you to have. Right. And I wasn't giving it to her. <laughs> right. And you were just like, I like comedy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, my mom's sick. We're close. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's, yeah. 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 You have to, the weirdest thing about America's got talent. It should really be called America's got tragedy. Right. <laughs> and also some of them are talented as well. <laughs> Occasionally there's some talent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I go ahead. Uh, I do a joke. It does okay. And then I do another joke. It does really well. And then I do uh, a few more jokes. And then I call back to my first joke and I get a standing ovation. Um, uh, my buddy Kevin Dabrowski is there. He's the only person who's actually witnessed this. Um, or the but... person that you know. I assume the other people weren't holograms. Oh, no, no. They, they were real. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, wait, speaking of which, there are 2,000 people there, and you've done a ton of stand up since. Has anyone ever said, Hey, I saw you at America's Got Talent? No. Uh, actually, people have said, I saw you on America's Got Talent because they, I'm like, unless you were really paying attention to the background, you did not see me on America's Got Talent. Yeah. So they say <laughs> it just because you've been introduced as. Right, right, right. Right. I just mean, like, did anyone from that crowd. No, nobody has ever said, like, okay. Oh, yeah, I was there. Yeah. Um, but maybe because I had glasses on then. <laughs> right, exactly. They were like, I saw a guy who looked like you, but it clearly wasn't you. And you stole from him. <laughs> so, okay, so you get a standing O. Yeah. Howard Stern goes, you're really funny. Uh, where are you from? I say Jersey. He's like, oh, so of course you want to be a comic. Heidi Klum says something like, it was good and I like the way that you said it. And Howard Stern's like, you, you mean he had good delivery? And she's like, yeah. 
And <laughs> um, and then uh, Mel B is about to give uh, her feedback, and Howard goes, that, which is perfectly appropriate because it's scary spice. Yeah, <laughs> he goes. Just so you know, she's been uh, really harsh on comics. So yeah. Howard interrupts her feedback to yeah, like before she says anything yeah. to give you like just she's been really rough on comics. Yeah, so far. be like this is about to go but poorly. Right. And yeah. then so I go, hey Mel, just so you know, you look really pretty today. And Which is amazing thinking on your feet right there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the audience loves that. Um, yeah. And then Heidi Klum goes, well, you didn't say that I look pretty. And I'm like, you're the m- most beautiful supermodel in the world. My pants don't fit me. I don't think my opinion really should bear a lot of weight for you. <laughs> Which is another just boom. Right. Like, that's fantastic. Um, the crowd loves the whole interaction. Um, uh, Mel B is like, you know, you're funny, but I didn't really feel like I saw your personality until right now. And then Howie Mandel says, um, uh, uh, that's some of the best material I've ever heard. Um, and uh, How is that not in your press kit? Just, well, how, just no some of the of best material I've ever heard. It doesn't matter if you don't have proof of it. 2,000 people you'll never hear from again saw it. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, Let Howie sue you. Yeah. So they give, they give me uh, all four yeses, and they say, you're going to Vegas. And then I get off stage. So all four, yeah. even Mel B. Yep. So all four said yes. Yep. Um, uh, I get off stage, and they're like, just so you know, you're not necessarily going to Vegas. <laughs> oh, no. What? Oh. <laughs> they're like, we just shoot that. So, you know, in case you do. Um, and then about, okay, also throughout this whole process, I've just moved closer to the city. I am now establishing myself in New York. Um, and I am going to comedy clubs that normally I would have to network and very slowly build up a relationship with to get any spots. And I'm going, hey, I'm going to be on television. Can I do 90 seconds on a show? So this is my introduction to a lot of comedy clubs is, oh, this guy's going to be on TV. Right. And especially after this first round, because they do tell me I am going to Vegas, I go and I'm like, okay, I need to practice again. And I'm like, I got a standing ovation. It's going to be on TV. Can I go up? And I, this and, is. And there are definitely clubs in New York be like, no, we don't have a free 90 seconds right now. <laughs> that did actually happen. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them were great. You know, 90 seconds is easy. And they're like, yeah, we want to help out. This guy is going to be on TV. Um, so... They fly me to Vegas. Um, they put me in a holding room for three days with the rest of the acts. They're like, don't leave, you know, except for lunch, because if we need you and, we, and you're not here, we won't shoot anything with you. And so I'm just around with these acts and they never shoot anything with me. <laughs> and uh, I see them taking other people out. Uh, and I'm just sitting around talking to the other comics and just waiting for my moment. Then finally, it's the last day. And they're like, okay, you're going to go in front of the judges again. And I'm like, but I didn't perform again. Yeah. And uh, they pair me with a comic who was accused by the warm-up comic of stealing his material. When I he remember auditioned. that. Yep. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, kid, if you're with me, when we go in front of the judges, you're getting edited out. Sorry. <laughs> and I was oh, like, wow. oh, no. Um, they say some awful stuff uh, because they want to get a big reaction out of me. So like right before they vote me off which is inevitably what's going to happen. They go, um, will, uh, you know, are you excited? And I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm excited. So wait a minute. So they're voting you off on a set you never performed. Correct. Wow, gross. <laughs> um, they go, uh, are you excited? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, uh, you know, they want to get a big reaction on me. Yeah. They're like, this, this means you're going to be a professional comedian if you go through. 
you know, your mother is sick, you'll be able to help her out with your with her her like medical bills. And you're like, yeah, she's and not really that sick. <laughs> <laughs> but they're saying this knowing that they're about to vote me off because they want me to flip out. Right. Which they, is so rotten. That is so they are pumping it up to get your hopes up so that yeah. you'll be more disappointed. Exactly. Luckily, uh, the other comic was like, hey, you're getting in and out. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fall for this. Yeah. Um, and I, and then they 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 uh, they go to him. I forget what they say. Um, but, oh, no, they say to both of us, they say it's a unanimous no. And I just like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I smile. And then I walk off stage. Yeah. and uh, Which is amazing considering I know how much of a temper you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm also just like in shock. Like, why did you, you just spent, uh, probably they were last minute flights. You probably spent like fifteen hundred dollars to get me out here. Right. Three nights at a Vegas hotel. Probably more than that. Yeah. Um, why? <laughs> why yeah. to not? So uh, I'm just like kind of baffled. But uh, there, and then I I go, I go outside and just to like it all starts to come together. I see this. There was this producer named Sharon, this British lady, and she is interviewing somebody else who just got voted off, and she is asking them a question, crying asking them the question so that the girl on screen will start so crying. So she's crying also. Yeah, she's just like a psychosomatic <sighs> thing. And then as soon as they get the take, she she just, she's, she drops it, she stops crying, she's like, okay, cut. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I see, I'm surrounded by monsters. <laughs> that's the that's better acting than anyone who's ever been on that show. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, so, I mean, they recruit pretty awful people. Um, that is so. I have a couple of friends who work on the show, yeah, and they're all good folks. Okay, and I know comics who have done well on the show, and I I like them all a lot. But compared to how many comics you know who have done well on the show, how many comics do you know that have been screwed over by the show? That's true. I mean, I'm kind of one of them. Yeah. Um, the reason I actually had turned them down because I did it one year, the, so that year that I went to somewhere in Tennessee, um, I got through. They made me do a half hour of material. Um, because they kept being, because the thing they liked about me was that I had a, a range, basically. Mm. That's what they told me. So they're like, do you have anything like this? Do you have anything about that, et cetera? So I kept doing different stuff. And by the time I finished with the executive producers, I had done a half hour. And then they, you know, I filled out the whole packet and the, you know, sending pictures of everybody I, just, I ever just met. picturing you like exhausted. You have like props on and stuff like just that. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting doing other people's stuff. And yeah. yeah. And so I had a, uh, they had me like give them a huge packet of like, you know, backstory and pictures of my family and like all my friends and all this stuff for B-roll. And then I just never heard from them. And right. then I, I said when it got to be around the time where I knew they were choosing people, I just, you know, would send them an email. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity. And they were like, hey, hey, we're not done yet. You know, you're not you still might be. And I was like, OK, thank you. And then I never heard from them again. Even though I sent so then I sent another email like a month later being like, hey, I assume you're done at this point. And I didn't get a response to that. Right. And I know that they have to deal with thousands of us. But like, come on. Well, it's in their best interest to like they don't lose anything from stringing you along. But right. having if they don't string you along and then you're not available, that hurts them. So they just might as well. I mean. Right. And I mean, also, if you're a bad person, like that makes sense. They do lose fifteen hundred dollars from flying you to Vegas. Though. Yes. But and, yeah. in the grand scheme of their budget, I don't think it's probably right. a big deal. Oh, man. That. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many comics who have been screwed over, uh, like Jimmy Fallon, who they actually showed. They let him audition again. They didn't show his first round getting uh, a standing ovation, but they uh, they showed his second round auditioning with no audience. They they mixed one of his setups with a different punchline. 
They edit it, and then they cut to the judges going, well, that didn't make any sense. Oh, what? Oh. <laughs> well, he pissed off Mel B, that's why. Yeah. Uh, he didn't yeah. tell her she looked pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I and I think that's just the general, the general monster of stand-up is not a televised art form. Stand-up is a live art form. And we watch it on TV, and we put it on TV, and that helps reach a new audience. But stand-up on TV is incredibly different than a live show. Yeah, and and yeah, you know, absolutely. Plus, making it a competition and trying yeah. to get the drama of it, and right. so much of America's Got Talent is not what happens on stage. It's the right, you know, it's the backstories. Yeah, yeah. Stand up is it is so interesting because uh, you know you see it all the time with people who are just tremendous performers, and then they get on TV, and it's like it just doesn't translate. Yeah, because the energy is not there's not a transference of energy from audience and performer. And so when that, then it's like your material just has to be really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being a performer is great, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a totally difference. Different. Yeah. The same way that like, you know, I've seen live music and I've seen record, you know, I, right. And you know, some people just aren't performers. Yeah. Um, all right. We got to wrap up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been fun. <laughs> okay. It's been yeah. Fun. The stories gets worse, but oh, the yeah. story gets worse. Yeah. All right. All right. Get it. We, we only got a couple minutes. Let's, okay. let's, let's do it. Uh, I think it's done. Okay. I think I'm getting it out. Then I get an email that says, we're going to show your first round. And uh, uh, tune in. Tell Here's a banner. Send it to all your friends and family. I'm like, okay, I'm getting a standing ovation on TV in my first round. So yeah. this is great. This is good news. I don't care if they didn't let me audition again. Um, it's a two-hour episode. My brother has a viewing party. He invites everybody he knows. It's They've never done a two-hour episode at this point ever before. Um, I am not on it. And then at the very end, in a really quick montage, they show me fist bumping Nick Cannon. And that's it. That's it. Oh, my God. And then I get real depressed. And then I kind of uh, don't care on stage anymore. And I start doing some really weird stuff. And it breaks through. I, I have like a breakthrough in performance. And uh, uh, like I'm doing characters and voices on my, with my old jokes. And they're hitting harder. And I start to like learn about, you know, really the, the performance aspect of stand-up and how much of that has an influence on, on it. And, uh, and then I get just re-excited. And it kind of uh, I'm like so grateful because now if I had gone through now before i've even developed my voice at all or even begun to i yeah. would have been on television that would have been my first impression but you would have been able to sell those bracelets man <laughs> you're right um i which eventually you were able to do by yes. telling the story or telling part of the story um i'm sorry to rush the end of that because no, no, it's, that's it's all good yeah and and i think the lesson from that is you know it it seems like the lesson from it is you realize that external validation doesn't matter and it allowed you to be an artist instead of someone trying to impress people yeah i think that's perfectly said thank you well then we're done okay. so uh <laughs> thanks for tuning in uh brett tell the people where they can find out more about you uh you can go to facebook.com slash brett druck comedy or uh twitter.com slash brett druck or instagram.com slash brett druck or quora.com slash brett druck just kidding it's yeah. Don't go to that. Just go to Cora and be like, "What is a Brett Druck?" Yes, and then like eight people will answer. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, rate, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff, and we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>